we've been talking about prayer. So the messages over the next um, few weeks are going to be a little different than what they are normally. How are you, Mr. Swift? <laughs> are just some people you can do that with. You know what I mean? Other people you don't dare. Um, <laughs> she'll forgive me she's a Christian um, <laughs> so we are uh, in the middle of a series that's six weeks long and we're just uh, it's called Frequently Asked Questions and it's going to be a looser series than probably anything that we've ever done uh, without a doubt anything we've ever done here at the church last week we talked about prayer a bit um, this week I'm going to talk about prayer and then we're going to jump and talk about um, the idea of forgiveness a little bit. Um, Jody, could you come here for just a minute? Could you give Jody a hand, everybody? So, yep. Hello. As a church family, there's a number of you that are going through some life-changing decisions and <clears throat> life-changing events. And, and it's, I wanted you to hear from Jody. Her and her husband, Kirk, have some wonderful kids and so you've been praying for a while yeah. and you're yep. in the midst of making that that decision for you and your family you and your husband are so talk to us about what the decision is and then tell us how prayer has played a part in your life with this decision how's that work that's an open-ended question i know it is isn't it and <laughs> um, you are so talkative i don't yeah, know that i, I... Know, right? okay. yeah so we're you know, I, I didn't realize how long um, I'd actually been praying about this. Um, and I was cleaning out my email, which was long overdue, and um, came across some emails dated back to 2008. So it's been a while. Um, been on our heart for a long time. We have chosen to um, homeschool our children this year. And uh, it was, I mean, it, was a, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like... This is what we're going to do. Right. It's not like um, going to McDonald's or Burger King, is no, it? No. No. <laughs> right. No. This is a big decision for you huge. and your husband. It was huge. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time it was like, um, all right, my prayer was like, you know, it's in your hands. You'll make it happen. You know, and then um, it was like, okay, you know, as the years went by and, you know, it was just something that was always on my heart, always on my prayer list. Um, you know, it was like, okay, God, you need to use Kirk to speak truth to me and, and you know, give him the guidance for our family so that, you know, I wanted to take the right path for our family. Right. Yeah. Talking with somebody else earlier, and it was like, we pray, and it's like, how do you know the will of God? And it's like, how did you know that this was right for you and Kirk? Um, you know, I think that just over the years after praying so much about it and um, I felt like if I, because it was so heavy on my heart, like it was almost like for me maybe an act of obedience for me to follow those promptings mm -hmm. that I was having. Right. Um, does that answer your question? Does it answer my question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I... It's more about your story. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Right. It, it was just, I, it was peace. Okay. I just had that peace after, you know, after we're like, okay, you know... And we tried not to put a timeline on it, like, okay, we need to decide by this date. You know, it was like, 
one day he's just like, I, I think we ought to try it. And I'm like, okay, there's my answer. You know, was, you know, use him to speak truth to me for what you want me to do. What is your will? Um, Understand last week we talked about that verse where Jesus says, ask for anything in my, in my name and I will give it to you. It's that, and my name is a particular little phrase that means you're doing it in, in alignment with what God would have you to do. It doesn't mean you stamp that at the end of your prayer and you get whatever it is that you're asking for. When you say in his name, it's as if Jesus himself would be here doing it. So it's not like she's talking about praying about whether or not to go out and get drunk or not. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is just about a good thing that she's praying about. And it's like she could have chosen going to public school. It could be a good thing as well. So it's like in the middle of that, the verse from Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says something like this. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So some people say, well, I've got peace about it, but they're talking about leaving their husband to go marry somebody else. And it's like, you can't have peace about it when the word of God says don't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? It just it doesn't work that way. But we're talking about a good thing here where it could be either way. And so in a lot of cases, the peace of God does play a huge part in whether or not you ought to go forward or whether you ought to stay where you're at or go in a different direction. And so it's like 2008, so really good on mass, so it's like four years that you've been praying about. Some people are early adopters, and some people are slower adopters, and it doesn't mean right or wrong. Don't hear that. Um, It's not even close to what I'm saying. And I'm not a patient person. That's not one of my... (laughs) You're not. I know. I'm not. And so for me, that was also, you know, that was, you know, if I had my way, I would have done it. Right. Yeah. And... You know, it got to the point where it's like, okay, I need to be okay if this isn't mm-hmm. going to be God's will. If this isn't something that I'm going to get what I want, you know, right. I, you know, I came to the point where it was like, okay, either way, I'm going to be okay with it either way. Yeah. Yeah. So then you go forward. Yeah. Yeah. What's your prayer look like with you and Kirk? You guys have a special time every night where you sit down and pray through this stuff. Um, no, not like a, not a set special time. You know, it's, it's different for us. Mm-hmm. We're, um, he's self-employed, so he's home. So we're home, all of us together all the time. <laughs> so it doesn't, for us, it looks different. Right, it could exactly. be any time. So I tell families, find your rhythm. You don't have to have a rhythm that looks like Jody's. You don't have to have a rhythm that looks like mine. Okay, I don't have any rhythm at all. So, <laughs> so it's like. But isn't that the way it is? It's just you find something that works for you guys and you write it until it doesn't work and then you find something else that does. So it's like four years you've been praying and you pulled the trigger and said yes, right? I did. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's scary, it's exciting, it's like, wow, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. a whole lot of different emotions wrapped in one. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Right. See, and the result is a statement of faith. Because nobody knows how this is going to work for her and her family. You don't know. It's just, it's in an area where you and I can't see. And that's the way it is with a lot of our decisions. They're statements of faith. And so you go forward trusting and believing God. And a lot of us would like to have it written out, written, I mean, it's where we could see it. But when you can see it, it's no longer by faith. And so a family decision by faith is honoring and pleasing to God. And he says, yep, go my child. I'll be with you. I mean, it's definitely, you know, along with this comes having to say no to a lot of different things um, right. in our lives that 
are, are good things, but right. um, this is going to be a good thing, too. So. Always the way it works. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Say hi to Scott Daniels, if you would. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so we did a, um, a study called Resolution. I told you guys about it, and there's still time if you want to get into it. Bob Tafey and, and Steve Cates are doing one over to Nashville, and um, Kevin Davis is doing one. Um, it's about how to be a man of God, and then at the same time, Bobby Tafey's doing one, um, how to be a woman of God. And I would just encourage you. But in the course of all of that, we sat around the table and we talked about what it means to live this life and live it out. And partway through, you said that you had started praying for... My wife. Your wife. Um, I would have never thought just to pause a minute and say, hey, let me pray for you. But the change that it made in our relationship and in my godly walk is unbelievable. Um, the power of prayer is, is, is it's a big power. Pretty strong. Yeah. Um, to, to lay my hands on my wife and, and pray out loud was uh, out of my zone. If, if you all know what I mean. But yeah, to, throw a wrench in your hand or yeah, yeah. get dirty or something like that, go hunting. It's like all for it. But, right. but to... To sit there and say a prayer for her was a, a big challenge. In that class that Gary was talking about, that six weeks of that class was all about challenges. Right. And um, it's a very good class. So your prayer? Um... Yep. Tell me what was going on inside of you, because I hear this a lot from guys. So guys... You're on the hot seat for just a minute, and you're getting a glimpse into his life. What did it look like for you to actually pray for your wife? I mean, walk me through what that looks like in case there's somebody that when they go home today, they want to do the same thing. They just didn't know what it looked like. It, it was, it, I, I explain what it looked like. This I'll just explain how it felt. Okay. Um, at first, I was a little uncomfortable, but of my wife of 18 years, I shouldn't be uncomfortable crazy how that happens isn't and, it and and like you say when it comes out of your your realm of life but to me it, it looked like and felt like that the Lord had come to me into my heart and said it's time to say these words and when I said them I was at peace with myself and peace with the Lord and it's come more frequently. Um, yeah, there's some mornings I don't have enough coffee yet, and I can't drink <laughs> coffee. Exactly. But that's how the Lord there's, works. There's other mornings that we'll just make a little quick prayer. So you put your hand on your shoulder. Both of us together. Yep. And you just bow your head and pray. Just bow our head and pray. Um, and you say Amen. And you say Amen. Nice. And it's it's a challenge for me. Right. But it, it works. Right. All the angels in heaven rejoice. All right? Thank you. So it's amazing um, how this works in life. 
take a grown man, give him a bow, and stick him up in the tree and have a 300-pound bear come at him, and it's like, oh, yeah. You take that same guy and say, would you pray for your wife? And it's all of a sudden this weird feeling comes up in your gut. And just like you just go forward. There isn't any real mystery about how this life works with Jesus. It's just walk into that world, whether you're a guy or a girl. Ladies, there's nothing wrong with going up to your husband and putting your hand on his shoulder and saying, can I pray for you today? Yep, nothing wrong with that at all. So you guys ready to try and experiment with me? Are you? We'll see how this works this morning. We've been playing with our toys. And we'll show you what it looks like. Hopefully, um, you're going to see what I'm seeing. I know. Are we close? Yeah, we are. Had two questions come in. Over on this screen over here, they're going to put up your uh, text number. And if we go through the service today, if you've got a, a question that you'd like to um, have me talk about, then the text will come in to me and I'll look them at the end of the service. But a couple of questions that we got along this line were these. Does forgiveness mean that all feelings of anger and betrayal are gone? And if we can't get beyond the feelings of anger and betrayal, have we really not forgiven in God's eyes? It's like as I look at these questions, it's forgiveness in the life of a Christian is a make-or-break deal. It really is. If you don't learn how to live in forgiveness, then you're going to miss out on the life that God has for you. This really is one of those make-or-break deals in the life of anybody that calls themselves a follower of Christ. There's, there's no way that you can understand what Jesus has done unless you and I are willing to open up to this idea of forgiveness in our hearts. So let's walk through it just a little bit. There's a couple of verses that I want to look at with you. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. It's like you're living in a community of faith, you're living in a family situation, you're living in a work situation, and the reality is you're going to have your toes stepped on at one point or another, aren't you? I mean, that's just the way it's going to work, isn't it? I mean, has anybody experienced anything different? Because I want to talk to you this morning, if you have, and, and, and understand how this works for you. But it is to his glory to overlook an offense, according to Proverbs 19.11. So it's, as a Christ follower, it's like you said it in your heart this morning. You said it in your heart that when people offend you, that it's going to be to your glory to overlook those offenses. You don't have to raise up arms. You don't have to pull out a knife. You don't have to get on Facebook. You don't have to Twitter. You don't have to email. You don't have to get on the phone and call somebody and say, you're not going to believe what so-and-so just did to me. In retaliation or in response to somebody offending you and wronging you about something that has happened. Now, I'm not talking about not talking to somebody about the hurt that you've experienced that would lead you towards reconciliation or healing in, re, in, in regard to that healing. 
What I'm talking about is just reaching, lashing out in response to somebody saying or doing something that offended you. It's to a man's glory if he overlooks an offense. Matthew 5.44 says this, But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be, your, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. And it's like, what does this mean here when he says, love your enemies? Or what does it mean when he says, pray for those who persecute you? Do you know what I'm saying? When Jesus was reading this, did he actually expect people to adopt this way of living? If he did, then there's some adjusting that you and I need to make at a fundamental level of how you and I perceive this Christian life to be lived out. Does that make sense? Does that hit close to home for anybody? It's like, am I treading into no man's land? If I'm not, then I'll get there in just a minute, so hang on, because I want you to go on this journey with me. Because if you're sitting here this morning, you've been hurt. If you're sitting here this morning, you've hurt other people. And Jesus, just as plain as day, plain as day, says, love your enemies. Well, does that mean you smile when somebody smacks you? Hmm. If we consider some of these responses about how you respond to somebody that has wronged you, and we almost think it's like un-American or unmanly or unwomanly, don't we? You know what I'm saying? It's like got silent here. It's like, help me out here a little bit. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You do, Steve? Thank you. Yep. That it's almost on something if you don't respond back in like kind or power up and give something back bigger than what you received from the person doing it. He says, love your enemies. Jesus didn't, said, didn't say, don't act like they're not there. He said, love them. And, and if you're going to love them, then it means you have to live in community with them. This would be the whole idea of you've been wronged by somebody. And so when you see them in the store, you go around the other way, you see them downtown, you cross the street, and you walk down the other side of the street. It's like, hmm. And what happens as a result is you and I always live in defensive mode, trying to stay away from the people that have hurt us in life. And if you want to know what it means to get to a place of healing, to a place of life, Jesus is saying, follow me and watch this. And you, you walk around in life and you don't avoid those people that have hurt you. You say, hey, Dave, how are you doing today? And what does it say next? Pray for those who persecute you. This guy has persecuted me a lot, and so it's like, you say, Lord, and he hasn't. He's a man of God. But if he had, my response would be, if I'm going to take the teachings of Jesus seriously, would be this. Lord, for David's life, for his business, for his family, for all of his hobbies... I'm praying that you would just bless this man and you would take care of him, that you would make him happy, that you would fulfill his every desire, Lord, that you would draw him close to you and let him know a life of love and peace and hope and, and happiness, that you would just pour out your, your incredible love and grace on this man. Rather than saying basically this, Lord, to hell with him. Like, did he really say that? Yep. So it's one or the other. There's no gray area in the middle. It's either we love people or basically we're saying by our actions and attitudes, to hell with you. I don't want anything to do with you. You're dead to me. 
and I'll stand on this side of the chasm and you stay on that side and all life will be good. But it won't because they'll go on with their life and your heart's going to be left decaying. Your, your heart's going to be left eroding. And you're going to go, man, this, I don't, this life is so hard. How come I can't get a... It's like, ah, ah, and all of a sudden you become the victim and you look around and it's like everything's against you and it's like, ah. And it's like, yep, it is. Until you enter into this life and say, I, I'm not going to do it my way and God's way both. I'm going to do it his way. And Jesus says... Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That, and this is like a huge word right here, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, that you're going to reflect who he is. And not just reflect who he is in an empty way, you're going to reflect who he is in a full way. You know what I'm saying? I watched TV the other day, and in this this, um, show that I was watching, they took the mannequins out. How much life is there in a mannequin? Zero, exactly. Zero life. You can throw clothes on them, and with the way they make mannequins nowadays, you can almost think that they're real people if you go by and you don't really stop to examine them a whole lot, right? Okay, they replaced these mannequins with real people. And people would be walking along, it's like, yeah, mannequin. Whoa! You know what I mean? It was one of those kind of reactions. It was like not just a mannequin, but it was a regular full life right there. And these people were freaking out because they were living and expecting this empty shell. And instead, what they were seeing was a real living, breathing thing that was like, wow, that person's looking back at me. That's how we ought to be as Christians. We don't want to live as mannequins, giving a shell or an appearance of being alive, but we want it to be the fullness of who we are. I mean, permeate all of us. Jesus says... Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Now, I know the question is directed towards a feeling, so I'll get there in just a minute. So don't lose me when I'm going through some of these verses. Another one is, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. It's like, but. Now, it's like with blessing. Because to this were you called. To what were you called? to respond with blessing. See, I'm not sure that's within me to do that because my family was raised to be fighters. My family was not raised to be that way. So let me dispel the myth. If you have the life of Christ in you, it's within you to respond that way. And it's a simple choice of you're going to live in the new life that you've been given in Christ or you're going to live in the old life that you inherited from a long lineage of broken people. But this new life in Christ that you've been given is fully capable of responding with a blessing. You say, well, I'm not sure I want to. Okay, then that's being honest. And that's a true statement for a lot of people. I'm not sure I want to. So let me talk about it for just a minute. I'm not sure I want to receive the blessings of God myself so I'm not going to bless when I'm persecuted. Is that what we're saying? Or are you actually saying you want your cake and you want to eat it too? You want the blessing without the responsibility that comes with the blessing. Is that what we're saying? 
because Jesus said, I'll give you life and I'll give you life in abundance and I'll show you things that you never imagined were possible. I'll make your heart spin cartwheels and I'll give you new desires. I'll give you a new way of living and you're going to have streams of living water. They're going to boil forth from within you and people around you are going to go, oh my gosh, they are new. They are changed. They are different. They don't respond like anybody else. Or you can cross your arms and you go, I don't want to. You don't have to. This is an open invitation. This is a free will offering. This is like you do if you choose, and if you choose not to, then that's okay. But don't expect the cake unless you're saying yes to the whole deal. Because you don't get both. You get one or the other. With the choice to follow Jesus means this. That means you let the life out of you. You don't hide your bushel under light under a bushel basket. You let it shine. Because this is the life that Jesus planted within you. Say it with me out loud. This is the life that Jesus planted within me. To respond to persecution with blessing. To respond to evil with blessing. To respond to insult with blessing. That's the life that's in you. If you have the life of Christ here. Hmm. There's another verse. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. It doesn't say you have to live in peace. It says make every effort. It means you do your part. You say, but they're not. I don't care what they're doing or not doing. You do your part. You own up. You take responsibility. Pull your boots up and I say, let's go. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. So in peace and to be holy would be the two words that jump out at me. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So it's like see to it that no one misses. And this, this verse here, just I want it to penetrate the depths of who you are as a person so that you walk out of there today saying this. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. And it's like it's very possible for you to miss the grace of God because you're not willing to let go of the forgiveness or you're not willing to let go of the hurts that somebody else has put on you and you say, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to hold a grudge until the day I die. And any time I get a chance, I'm going to spit on them. Even after they die, I'm going to walk up and spit on their grave. I'm not going to forgive them because they hurt me. It's like, well, boo-hoo-hoo. What makes you so special that you're not able or even willing to forgive somebody that hurt you? It's part of the human condition to be hurt. Does it feel good? No. Is it something you go out looking for? Absolutely not. But it's something that happens. You put this many people in a planet, and it's like we're going to rub up against one another once in a while, aren't we? It's it just that's what happens. And when it happens, then you and I, because we are followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to extend grace. We're not going to miss out on all of this that God has for us because we're unwilling to grant forgiveness. Not only that no one, this here and this here, like connected, No bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And I would tell you, if you could harbor unforgiveness without it affecting anybody else, I would say, yeah, then it's your deal. It's your deal. But you can't. You can't harbor unforgiveness without it infecting and spreading to the other people around you. 
It comes out. It's like I mentioned earlier. It comes out in Facebook. It comes out on email. It comes out in your phone calls. It comes out in your conversations around the water cooler. It leaks out of you when you're harboring unforgiveness. And you may not even be aware of how much it's leaking out of you. I know we were talking about a feeling, but we've got to talk about this for just a minute before we get to the feeling part. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And you know where the root of bitterness grows, right? Smack dab in the middle of your heart. So the Bible talks about the love of some grew cold. The love of some grew cold. It's because the root of bitterness grew up. Bitterness is just the result of unforgiveness. That's all it is. Bitterness is just unforgiveness that has grown into a life-changing, altering deal. Hmm. Yep, and there was a woman in my life who was important. Um, like she was hurt as a younger lady. It's like she said, I refuse to forgive. Root of bitterness grew up, and it's like, it is not a pretty picture. It's not. Whether you've only been holding the unforgiveness for a few months or whether you've let it grow for 30, 40 years, it's not a pretty thing in a person's life. It takes a beautiful person, and it makes them ugly. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. So we're talking about a feeling, so I'll get there in just a minute. Jesus is speaking, and this is what he says in Luke, similar to the passage I read just a minute ago. He said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray. So when we're talking about forgiveness, there's four things I want you to write down, memorize, make a part of your daily existence. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Forgiveness means releasing somebody from um, getting even. You're going to release them. You're going to let it go. Vengeance's mind says the Lord, and if there was a wrong committed, you're saying, Lord, you're going to deal with that at some point, or you're not going to deal with it at some point, but I'm going to release it because it's going to kill me if I hang on to it. So forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness means there's going to come a point where you're going to be able to remember without the pain. You know what I'm saying? It's like some of you have gone through painful personal relationship situations, and every time that person's name comes up, it's like, is that accurate? Okay. Forgiveness and healing means there comes a point where you can remember that person's name, their face, you can talk to them without the pain associated with the event of the hurt. That's when you can raise your arms in praise and say, God, thank you for releasing me from that. Thank you that that did not consume me Forgiveness does not mean pushing it under the mat and acting like it never happened. If Dave hurt me, it's my job to say, Dave, you hurt me. 
It's Dave's job to say, Gary, you hurt me. When you and I enter into this, then what we're doing is opening up a, a, a gate for God to bring healing to you and I. And if we keep that gate closed, then it's like we're tying God's hands and there's nothing that he can do in order to bring healing to us. So the original question was something like, um, if I haven't... Does forgiveness mean that all feelings of anger and betrayal are gone? And if we can't get beyond the feelings of anger and betrayal, have we really not forgiven in God's eyes? Let me take you to these last verses again. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If you adopted those four things towards the people that have wronged you, there's going to be an amazing work of transformation in your heart. You say, but Gary, that's too hard for me. No, it's not. It's not. Gary, that seems too hard for me. Yep, that may be true. So you get somebody to stand beside you and you say, will you help me walk through this? Again, this journey is not meant to be a lone ranger ordeal. You get somebody that walks through this stuff with you. And there comes a point where you sit down with your whole family and you say, okay, there's some things we need to talk about. There's some things we need to say. And it's like, poof, you're released. Do good to those means you cook them a meal and take it to them. They're saying, what in the world are you doing this for? And it's like, rah, 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 rah. Because I wanted to bless you. What do you want to bless me for? Because I can. And the Bible says it's like this. It's like heaping coals upon their head. And they sit there and burn and stew and everything else. So you don't cook them the meal so that you can see them burn up. That's not what I'm saying. But that's the effect that it has because they don't understand this kind of thing. And it's like, that is so unnatural. That is so weird. That is so raw. Ah, I don't understand. And it's like, and you walk away. And God does the thing in your heart where you're now free. And you can remember without the pain. And you can go on with your life without this huge weight that's, that's just crippling you. Christian life easy? No. But it's the life of Christ within you. It's the Spirit of God that empowers you to do the things that God calls you to do. Hmm. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And you guys have been busy while I've been talking. Is it considered forgiveness? When you forgive someone, but you do not always feel it. No, my belief is this, my experience is this. You come to a point where you're going to remember without the pain, and then your feelings are going to come in line with what actually happened. But when you forgive somebody, say, Lord, I, I forgive them, I release them. I'm not going to take vengeance on them. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, Lord, yeah, they hurt me. I mean, you just talk it through with the Lord, and you just be incredibly brutally honest with God about it. And in the course of doing that, you release the whole thing. And in my experience, when some people have hurt me um, deeply, this becomes like an every 15-minute exercise because then somebody says the name pops up and it's like, oh, right, oh, okay, Lord, bless them. May you help them today. May they experience your forgiveness, your peace, your joy, and pray for them. Say, Lord, amen, because I'm releasing them, I'm forgiving them. 
And then an hour and a half later, you think you're just cruising along fine, and all of a sudden, poof! It's like, oh, darn it, I thought I'd let go of that. How come I'm not like, what's the deal here? And it's like, Lord, I want to say thank you for this person. And I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would lift them up. I pray that you would just take care of them because I'm forgiving them, Lord, and I want your best for them. It's like you walk on in peace then. And then tomorrow morning, right after breakfast, you're cruising along, and all of a sudden, poof, you get hit again. It's like you keep doing this. You keep doing this, and you don't stop. You don't stop. And five years later, it's like if it hits you again, then you do it again. And and the promise of God is this. He's going to do a work of healing and transformation in you. If you don't stop, you don't stop. The worship sounded fabulous this morning. <laughs> yes, it did. Another question. Does God want us to continue a relationship with those who hurt us and show us they don't want a relationship with us or continue seeking those out, trying to have a relationship with them when they don't want one? Is it okay to love them from a distance? Absolutely. You do life with those that want to do life with you. That's just it. Jesus went out and sowed seeds and said, any who want to follow, follow. If you don't want to follow, don't follow. He didn't force anybody, and we don't have to either. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, the Bible says, and make every effort to live at peace with everyone. So if you've done your part about trying to live at peace with people, and they say, I don't want anything to do with you, well, then don't beat your head against the wall. You go spend your life with people that want to hang out with you. Does that make sense? I know it's a guilt trip for Christians sometimes because they get into this say, well, the Christian thing is to do to spend time with people who hate me all the time. No, no, that's just stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your job to forgive them. And then you go on and spend life with people that want to be spent with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of questions from last week. Let me address them real quick. So you guys sent me some questions after service got over. Andrew's going to talk about that one next week. Why is it harder to pray when things are going good? Like, man, I don't need God when things are going good, or so the illusion or the myth goes, right? I know that I need God when I'm broken down beside the road, or a significant relationship of mine just exploded in front of me. I mean, I, I know I need God in those. The deal is, you and I got to live in reality. I don't have my wife around just when things are going bad. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice when things are going bad and she's there. But it's the deal of how I perceive this relationship with Jesus Christ. Because sometimes Christians get a faulty understanding of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We think that it means... We think that it means crazy things sometimes. It's like God's way over there and I'm here and I'll call on him when I need help. And Jesus says, no, you walk with him. You walk with him. So then you get to experience the good and the bad together. That's the benefit of 
a husband and a wife who are working together, right? Yep. I love how people try and mess with me sometimes. You can take it off the screen, Tom. Um, Yeah, last week, Chris Lovell texted me and said, Gary, your fly's undone. (laughs) Chris isn't here. He's homesick today. So we're going to pray for him and say, Lord, bless his heart. And Sarah, his wife, wasn't here last week, so now she's embarrassed for her husband. (laughs) Yeah. And so after they said laughing out loud, just kidding. All right. So I'm up here trying to be discreet, wondering, wow, really? Flies undone? Um, forgiveness, is, uh, forgiveness is a real deal. You pursue it with energy, and, and you bring along somebody that will encourage you in that way. And as a church family, we pray, pray, pray. So if you'd bow your heads, I'm going to pray for Pray for us. There's some of you here this morning that are in the midst of having difficulty with forgiveness because you haven't made the decision to forgive. And so I'm going to pray for you this morning that you would choose to forgive because choosing to forgive is an act of faith and trust in our God to release somebody instead of getting even is an act of faith on our part. Lord, for those that are here this morning and have have been resisting extending forgiveness to somebody else because they want to get even and because the pain that they experienced is so deep. They haven't realized that they can trust you in this, that you are God. And even better than revenge is experiencing healing, experiencing the fruit of fellowship with you. Because the truth is, if you chose not to extend forgiveness, all of us would be separated from you forever. But because of what you did for us through your son, Jesus Christ, because of what you chose to do for us through your son, Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness and we can have life. We can have peace and we can be free from all of that burden of trying to get even and hold grudges and, and all of that. And when we're free, then we can actually live life. So, Lord, as a community of faith, I pray that you would lead us down this road so that we would be free. Because nothing will kill a relationship faster than unforgiveness. Love you, Lord, and say thank you for today, for your beauty and for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.